You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. John, Steven, and myself are putting in some overtime this week because we're going to talk about Lovecraft Country from HBO. I just want to say that I love this show. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, this show's bananas. Yeah, this was uh, this was uh, this show was all over the place. But then I I loved the fact that it was all over the place. I loved everything that they put in, uh, put put into it and and decided to kind of make an anthology show, but then not make an anthology show. Like it's definitely like, hey, you know that that uh, sci-fi story that you like, we're gonna throw that in there too. And then the one that that guy likes, we're going to throw that in there, too. <laughs> Everybody's story gets thrown into the first season of Lovecraft Country. I, I, first and foremost, I feel so bad for this year in television. Because I, I would have both avoided Watchmen and this based solely on the things that they're both tied to. Because H.P. Lovecraft can fuck off forever. Oh, yeah. And Watchmen... I don't, I don't like Watchmen very much at all. And so I would have sidestepped that series as well. So talk about two things going and I think, I don't know, kind of like subverting expectation on both those things and how beholden they are to their, like, I guess, original IP or tied to IP. John, what was, what's your initial thought of Lovecraft love, love Country? It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But in that, it became something so much more mm. that I just couldn't help but being enthralled by it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, for two HBO series, almost, I mean, not all, I mean, was it almost back to back? No, was there something yeah. in between Watchmen and Other Lovecraft Country? Yeah. Like other Outsider? series? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we well, watched that one, the Outsider. That one <laughs> <laughs> hmm? What did you say, John? I say we watched The Outsider. Was that in between? Yes. Because yeah. it was after Watchmen, right? Yeah. I it was before Watchmen. I don't know, but that show sucked. Wherever <laughs> it was. <laughs> Either way. Uh, I mean, for two shows for HBO to... to I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't tackle the same subject, but has very similar subjects. Um, well, there's some overlap, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Overlap. And to hit it very hard i mean yeah the whole tulsa massacre bombing like shows up in both and we talked about it a lot in the watchman uh watch like or yeah watch that i, I that's that's not that's not a, that's a subject i never knew about until watchman so yeah it's one that i think is critically under talked about mm-hmm. 
well, and I mean, now, now it's very much in the forefront of the American consciousness, I think, with recent events and everything else. And thank you to them for doing that. And this mm-hmm. show, I think, went in even bigger than Watchmen ever could have. Oh, yeah. And, and to talk about that for a second, just jumping almost to the end of the series or season, uh, when Journey Smollett is uh, filming the scene where she is walking through the fire of that the bombing of, of Tulsa, uh, in the scene, when you're watching it, it very much looks like CGI fire to me. But apparently there is real fire in that scene because she burns herself pretty bad in the arm and she finishes out the scene and gets rushed to the hospital. Really? While filming, yeah. Huh. Oh, that's I really I really thought that was CG and it's too bad because they went they went the extra mile on that. Yeah, they, they sure did. So yeah, I'm guessing the scene where she's holding on to uh the older lady and the whole room is on fire around her. Or that, or walking through the streets. I don't know. One of the two. I, I, it's got to be something with the streets thing. I don't think it was the part in that house because that oh. house we see it so much. I don't think that we would have seen it with fire in that way. Uh, plus, also the fire in there moves backwards. That's true. You're right. Oh, yeah. So, what was your initial? What, what did you think that uh, the show was going to be about, John? I mean, like the title suggests, I thought we were going to be watching something like Eldritch Horror unfold, like something akin to The Call of Cthulhu or, um, you know, maybe hinting at things having to do with Arkham Asylum or other, you know, older god type things. So I was really surprised that it was actually kind of meta because Lovecraft is fiction in this world that they discover turns out to be reality. So that was the first thing I was surprised by. Um, I thought we were just going to get like a, a mystery and a show that, that built up to, you know, like a cult that's typical to Lovecraft works, you know, some kind of cult that's worshiping an ancient sleeping monster. Uh, we probably weren't going to see the actual monsters. It's A lot of it is very psychological, People mm-hmm. don't know what's really happening, if they're just imagining things or not. Um, and it was probably going to build up to some huge reveal at the end. Maybe we would get some glimpses of like a Cthulhu-type monster, you know, some tentacles or things like that. And uh, no, this was just completely not that. Um, like in this world, they're well aware of the the Lovecraft tropes and use them to their advantage because I guess all of that stuff turns out to be real. Well, we... we, we... In one of the episodes, we come to find out that our uh, one of our main character, played by Major Trevor Major, what's his name? Majors is his last name. Yeah, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) or or uh, Tick. Um, he goes to the future and meets his descendant. Yeah. And uh, finds out that his descendant has written a book. I don't think he met his descendant. He said that no. a person gave him the book and then pushed him back through the portal. Ah, okay. See, and that was one thing that was upsetting yeah. me is that we don't get to see that scene, right? We don't get to see no. him go to the future. We're, we're going to see that in the in the future, in the season two. Because like John was saying right now, and I, we didn't say this in the beginning. We are not going to accurately summarize this season of television. First and foremost, we're talking about it, the implications of things, and the things that we liked 
and didn't like. I'm sure that's what's going to happen here because um, there's so much. But no, um, the the person that he said, like, gave him the book and then pushed him back through the portal had a robotic arm. So that's clearly D. Unless robotic arms become the fashion later on. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah, I think what trips you out, though, is because he has this whole side adventure in an episode that is already, like, really extreme, so, like, hardcore sci-fi. And you don't, like, it's all just, like, not even referenced as a flashback. He just says, oh, I went to the future, and they gave me this book. And, <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> like, there's kind of big stuff going on here. I mean, that episode, I mean, I... I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite episode of the whole season, but it might be my favorite episode. favorite episode of the whole season. We're talking that about the Hippolyta good. one? Yes. The, yes. Hi- the Hippolyta episode. I'm torn because I loved that episode, but I also really liked the episode which whose name I will never say ever, where Dee gets the curse put on her. This is and true. And we see the curse in action. That was a good episode, too. Um, yeah. It's just... It, and there were there's so many great things in this whole season <laughs> and just and the the cast too the cast is amazing like i've been a big fan of journey somewhat for a while yeah what uh, a great year of hers what what a great year for her oh yeah no yeah totally and you get to that third episode uh the haunted house episode like yeah she's very prominent in the first and second episode but the first and second episode is very much about tick and you know being a part of this family that he didn't know about and you know having to go find his father at this plantation house that you know in the middle of Jim Crow America and like I don't know it was all just very weird and that's what I mean honestly you think that's what the whole season is going to be about is about him trying to find his father and he finds his father and defeats the bad guy in the second episode he's like what is happening here (laughs) so then the second episode is about you know uh uh, what's what's Journey's character's name? Let, Letty. Letty yeah. finds this house because she came into some money, and the house is full of ghosts because of some medieval or not medieval, but uh, arcane like doctor performed experiments on on uh, minorities and stuff. Like it's fucking terrifying. I don't know. I, 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 I want to read this book, but I don't know how a person even goes uh, goes about putting all of these things together in one story. <laughs> like what what kind of twists and turns? Yeah, it's ba- yeah, as far as I know, it's based on a book. And it's based yeah. on a book that we later see in the series. <laughs> yes. Yep. In the very meta way that you were talking about. Which they also acknowledge that there's differences in the book than from what they're experiencing, which is the show. Yeah. Because they changed the timeline. (laughs) I mean, which is kind of the same as what happens when they go back in time and he's trying, like, he is Jackie Robinson that saves his parents from from the lynching. Yeah. (laughs) Why did they think it was... Or what did they tell him it was Jackie Robinson? They just said it was a guy with a bat, right? And yeah, just was, yeah. Guy, yeah he, they said he's he swung like Jackie Robinson. That's what it was. Which, Which now I understand why that reference was at the first episode in the introduction right? scene. <laughs> like Jackie Robinson defeats Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, we even we even had Gia in there in yeah. that first one. She was a lady coming yeah. down, the red lady. Yeah, yeah. 
which, which I had no idea that was her. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely missed that in the in the opening sequence. Uh, so, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get to the whole Jamie Chung part of the show. Yeah, we we we've almost definitely visit that portion. Because <laughs> <laughs> what a weird one-off episode, also for her, like. Well, at what what point do we stop saying a weird one-off episode and it's just all of the episodes are just they don't have to obey any rules because everything is a weird one episode you're you're absolutely right i remember there was a specific time when i had to uh after the credits finished rolling i looked at my phone for like a minute straight just blankly (laughs) and i decided to text you guys and i said all I can say with this show is just expect the unexpected. <laughs> There's no way you can predict what's going to happen. And even when you see it coming, you can't believe it's actually happening. And I'm referring to one scene in specific that made me say, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe this is being shown on TV and it's happening. Uh, which, we can... which scene was that? I was so curious. <laughs> I don't. I think uh, if we don't talk about it now, there's no way we remember to come back around to this plot point. Go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> uh, I just remember fanning myself after the scene in which, um, uh, what was the the sister's name? Ruby. Uh-huh. Uh, as as she's transitioning from her white self to her regular self, uh, takes a little uh, social justice. I want to say against oh. her employer. I remember this now. I remember you texting this after the fact. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that moment in time is is become like a fixed point for Doctor Who. Like he's gonna be able to calibrate his TARDIS to that moment. <laughs> I, I think, as far as like striking scenes with Ruby changing, there's the like well, pretty much every t- single time that she changed back, I think that's one of the most visceral, well done visual effects I think I've ever seen. I I can't think of another where everything felt as like appropriately hefty and realistic for a thing that in no way, shape, or form could ever happen. American Werewolf in London. I don't know if I felt it as much for that scene. <laughs> I mean, as much as as good as the transformation in is in American Werewolf in London, it's. I, I mean, obviously the technology is different now, and we're using a lot more CGI. But like, I do think that this one has such of a more like grotesque like feel to it too. Like just visceral in sloughing mm-hmm. off. Like it's so That's the exact word I used. It's yeah. the only word that works for that in <laughs> any way, shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> and then pieces, I mean, pieces of it still being stuck on and like in place. And like, it's just, it, you, it's so very tactile without actually touching. And then the scene where her and William are having sex mid transformation was like, ah, oh, like it's just, just so graphic. I think like the the very nature of the actual subject material of the show already makes it such a specific kind of suggestion to give somebody, and then the visuals just double down on it in every way, shape, and form. Like the the part that I that was the hardest in the beginning of everything for the show. Um, just considering was a part that I think we talked about at first um, that I I didn't even have to go to like any kind of like pop culture points like some YouTube video or something to find out about was the one where um, the kid was Emmett Till and we see him in the beginning and they're doing the Ouija board and everything like I, I recognize that part 
while watching the episode and oh boy i felt all of the ways after that for the entire rest of that episode and this show just does that consistently in every single part of what it is even even a part where that it's like almost comedic later on with the lady whose name i forget the blonde lady christina yeah yeah um Braithwaite Braithwaite yeah yeah she um like later on we have several moments with her where they're talking about things that are heavy subjects some are delivered with levity and some are very 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 intense where we see a part where she gets pushed off of that um the little dock Mm -hmm. tied to the thing from the cotton gin with the barbed wire and everything and it's just like Jesus Christ to even considered making this show with even just that one scene would have been insane. And yeah. every episode of this had like 15 of those. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this show. <laughs> I mean, when, when we're talking about the I am episode, the Hippolyta episode with, you know, just giant black lady with the, you know, from outer space shows up and, and says you are, and you can be anything like, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I I would have never guessed we were going to go here at See, any this, point in this show. This is what Public Enemy meant when they made that album, Fear of a Black Planet. <laughs> the space ladies with huge afros. Now, I want to interject here real quick, just to make a quick point. Now, this episode is was for me was the turning point, the Hippolyta one, okay. because. Um, I mean, this is probably going to be a video podcast that people will be able to see. You can see I am not Mm -hmm. African-American. I would be considered technically a minority. um, But this episode had a profound effect on my viewing experience because I could tell for, I don't know, I guess it, it finally resonated with me that this show is important because it's doing something for representation. And I've talked about this before, but, you know, this would be a great place to like re hit that point home again that we don't have things like this in pop culture. And mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to go through some very, uh, you know, niche uh, corners of fiction to find something like this for having a, a black led show for having a situation such as this, where you see the experience of the African-American specifically, because this is a very unique, uh, I guess, just cultural uh, experience that has gone on for close to 400 years now. All of this, I feel like this show encapsulated that. This specific episode gave you a gamut of the Black experience in America. And it shows that as Ruby, uh, not Ruby, as Hippolyta was saying, that even by not being herself, she was essentially still being a slave. It was just a cultural slave, a social Mm -hmm. slave. And the whole point of the episode was for her to name herself because the the being, um, I think they have a name for her, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, the being t- keeps asking her what her name is, and she never really answers. Um, well, and the being is what, saying, I am. Yeah, she keeps answering what she thinks she's supposed to answer, whereas mm-hmm. opposed to what she should answer. Right. Which is exactly the point. She was always doing what she thought she was supposed to do, as opposed to having that that freedom, that self-actualization. And it took her, uh, in a later episode, she said it took her approximately 200 years. It sounds of, right. Of like some kind of altered time for her to come to that realization. And 
you know, I guess, free herself. And that's essentially what you like. That whole thing was a, I want to say, a some kind of cultural emancipation of reclaiming your freedom. Mm-hmm. Because there are, in many ways, still very many stigmas that affect us. And I mean, this year alone has been so uh, just telling from everything from George Floyd to, I mean, there's I, I can't even list them all off the top of my head. There's been so many. Yeah. You know, just senseless murders going on. It's the, the whole situation hasn't changed or it hasn't gone away. It's only changed the way we see it. Mm-hmm. And, and this show, I feel like it's this, this and Watchmen are both bringing it front and center. And I think one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't like it is because that's really uncomfortable <laughs> to have yeah. to face. Absolutely. No, th- there's something to be said for the way that they chose to deal with a lot of that stuff in this show. Magic is heavily featured in this, um, obviously. And in the idea of magic, the name of something has like insurmountable amounts of power. It That's immensely powerful in magic. And then there's um, there's a great video essay that I'll, Mitch, I'll have to give you a link to it to get, to put in this where um, there was a person that was talking about the idea of um, like black culture and names and mm-hmm. how um, like names were one of the things that black people felt that they could actually control and keep have and get to actually make for themselves. And that's why there's such obviously like a different kind of culture to black names um, like I, it's it's really really powerful the way they chose to do that for this. I don't think I could ever do it justice by trying to say any of like the like the four sentences that I'll get to devote to this topic or anything. There's better people than me out there that have gone to the through this um in depth. Also, I mean, I love the to to maybe change subjects a little bit. Not trying to, but changing subjects. As much as magic plays plays into the show, science does too. Like mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I loved about the show is that it 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 mixes the two. You definitely get the science fiction as much as you get the 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 magic fantasy. Um, part of that I am episode, she uh, Hippolyta, you know, learns more advanced science than what is even known at that point in time. Like she's going to teach Diana how to do robotics and you know get her to uh fix her own arm so to speak i mitch also i think it was the season finale when you realized the connection of the two names god that was so <laughs> terrible <laughs> so bad i texted steven right after watching it i don't know if it was the season finale for it was the the episode right before the season finale but penultimate the penultimate this is correct <laughs> uh but i was just like steven i am so dumb it took me this long to realize that hippolyta's daughter was diana like come on it's oh, right really? there yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> to realize it yeah oh wow that was like episode one for me i was like oh wonder woman haha no <laughs> no it did not, did not connect and then steven's like well, they do call her D a lot throughout the show. I was like, all right, I guess uh, I can give myself that, but it's not. <laughs> I just want you to feel a little better about it. I know. I appreciate it. was a DC man. Even though, he, he, like, uh, for anyone who's just listening right now, Mitch is sporting a Deadpool headband. It's true. <laughs> and, and a Venom shirt. My God, Mitch, you're supposed to be a DC hey. pony. Technically, hey. I'm. 
It, okay. Just hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are some of your grievances with the show? I don't do, it, no problems, no grievances, no nothing. No, I I liked everything. Well, John, do you have something you you seem like yeah. you're going to? Okay. Um, I thought the music was kind of sometimes oddly utilized. They used a lot of modern music, which is fine. Um, but sometimes it felt like it didn't quite fit the scene. Maybe I was missing something. Maybe there was something more. Because uh, sometimes it was like right on the nose with the music. Um, and other times this felt kind of random, which I know it's not, you know, something mm-hmm. like this obviously has a lot of thought put into it, but sometimes the music didn't quite gel with me the way everything else did. And it's not exactly a grievance. I guess I just wasn't ready for it. Maybe for season two, I will, but just how this show can just bounce around from so many different things, um, without any real, I mean, this felt like an out of control, like bumper car. <laughs> sometimes just story-wise um you know like mitch said it feels like the first two episodes should have been the first and last episode of the season instead like it all gets resolved right then and there and then it feels like it becomes a completely different show and then it's not until you see like its completion that you start to see how everything kind of ties in together um Hmm. But other than that, like, I don't really have any grievances. I mean, this is definitely a show that I would recommend to most people if they want to see just a really off-kilter, uh, just, like, meta-contextual show. I mean, um, I want to say the last time I saw a show that got me this interested was True Blood because mm-hmm. of the supernatural element, but it was also somewhat meta and self-aware. Uh, but this is actually saying something, whereas the other one is just about humping vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Suki Stackhouse, she's going to get hers. Yeah. <laughs> now, John, I think John brought up a good one for this one. Um, I don't know if we feel the same on this one because most of the music I liked a whole lot, but one episode in particular, I was just checked out because of uh, choice of music. Why do they use Marilyn Manson in this show? Oh. In a show where everything else about this show is I, I feel so calculated and such good decision making. They chose to use Marilyn Manson, who I feel has very much fallen out of public favor based on who he is as a human being. Well, I was very confused. Song wasn't it the cover of uh, "Tainted Love"? What's I don't even the remember. They used you don't remember what's what's I, I yeah. Do you I remember? Just remember it being Marilyn Manson? Okay. John, do you remember? I don't know. I don't remember what song off the top of my head. Um, but I did think that using something like Manson is probably just shorthand for spooky. Yeah. So so you or, can say a lot with very little just by yeah. having him in there. Or gothic, yeah. Depending on what song they used. Um even, even like the, the Billy Eilish version of that what whatever I forget what song it was in Umbrella Academy, I thought fit better. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That was the one that I had the issue with when they kept using like modern songs, even though the whole season took place in the 60s. I mean, I guess then we can say the exact same thing about this one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't have as much issue in, in this one, but maybe that's I, I, this one came afterwards. Yeah. Well, and plus, like, I feel like there's a lot of modern sensibilities being brought into it as well. True. Um, I did like when they used that one. Uh, I forget who the artist is when. um. I forget her name. Letty's sister. Ruby. 
Ruby. Uh, yeah. When Ruby was going through that the store, mm-hmm. and just like they just had some kind of like new like almost like trap beat going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. It could have been it could have been like ten percent less for me, but I still liked it. So it looks like there were two Manson songs. Uh, one was "Killing Strangers," and the other was uh, "I Put a Spell on You," which that one now I remember it. I think I remember the "Killing Strangers" part one. Yeah, that was on episode two. Yeah. yeah, that part I was I was miffed at. Um, everything else about the show I enjoyed thoroughly. I also i I want to thank HBO for having put this one out week to week, one episode at a time. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The, yeah. That was a good decision for this. Um, the, like the two shows that I was watching on HBO at the time for this one would have been this one and then um, Raised by Wolves, which was coming out two episodes a week. But that was on I HBO. Think- yeah, um, both of those I think were perfect decisions for both of those shows. Oh, so I don't know who's in control of programming right now, but way to go! They're doing a killer job. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's typically HBO's mo, like because they're not technically a streaming service or didn't really start off as one. They still adhere to that weekly model. Um, whereas you're seeing that more with like the uh, more up and comer streamers like netflix and amazon is typically where you see that although they're starting some of them are starting to change that like they did with season two of the boys i think they all needed to for this year season one <laughs> of the boys was also week to week really also? yeah everybody made that didn't everybody forgot that basically <laughs> yeah i think when i saw the boys it was already out so i That's just was true, able yeah. to yeah so i didn't realize when it first came out i mean if people have a problem with it then just don't watch it till they're all out and then you can watch it all at once there you go <laughs> um so come i mean like, like i said i also enjoyed the show very much but there were a couple story issues that i had and i, I don't know if they're really issues but they're just like so the 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 scavenger hunt episode where we went all through the museum, <laughs> the Da Vinci Code museum, trying to fix, everything ends up going right back to Letty's elevator at her house. Yeah. That was ridiculous. But one of my big grievances with that is that they find a person, they find an ancient, you know, two sold uh, person, two sold person, yeah, and mm-hmm. then immediately kill her. Yeah, that the, the creator, the, the, the yes, showrunner, the showrunner actually uh, apologized. Okay, what I, I didn't hear about this. What, what's up mm-hmm. with that? Um, they felt that they wanted to show um, a person who was oppressed also being an oppressor, um, okay. which honestly I did not feel from that particular chunk of time we spent with the character. Um, but then they apologized for one of the only times we've ever seen any kind of like two spirited character being in popular culture just there and gone it it was like a it was almost like the classic like fridging people or like barrier gaze kind of thing like it was pretty rough yeah that's what i was like that didn't to me that didn't make any real sense story-wise like i get it that it's it's to paint the father in a certain color or uh uh direction but but it just mm, the whole episode just ends up not paying off for me then and that was that was an issue. The other issue is uh is the Jamie Chung issue episode. You know, like we get to um Vietnam, yeah, and was it, it Korea or it was Korea? Sorry, um yeah, we're we're in Korea, and 
Tick, you know, is being portrayed as a American soldier there and he he has to do what he's being told to do and he's killing, you know, Korean nurses and then we get this whole backstory about how she is not she, she is a, a nine fox demon and uh she's in the body because the ladies who was the mother of the actual girl called upon the demon because the father was molesting the child and like all this is put into one episode and it's all this mystic <laughs> woman of the east kind of thing and it's just like i thought we're trying to get away from that now like <laughs> i don't <laughs> um is and then we just don't really spend all that much time with her and then when we find she finally does show up in america like her story is non-existent after that part like she shows up and he's like i don't care and then walks away and then like you would think that maybe letty would in her would bond over something maybe i'm thinking of old story tropes and old storytelling but to me it seems like someone at that some point needed to bond with her and make it so that her existence mattered and then she would play a role in the the bigger fight at the end but yeah I mean, she still plays that role but it does it's not earned nothing's nothing is earned with the with the character and that's that was upsetting to me i what she got her big payoff moment in the car they all sang the song together <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so maybe <laughs> i mean i'm uh, I like that they gave her uh, like an interesting character that, yes, she is technically uh, a Korean like succubus, essentially, uh, or Kumiko, I believe they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, it's interesting that she loves American culture. Like she fantasizes about singing like those show tunes and those like old Hollywood musicals in an empty theater. Um, and she has kind of a messed up life because the only reason she exists is to exact revenge and take a hundred lives now. Um, and she has to kill people in order to go back to hell, basically, so that the daughter could come back to life. And she doesn't know if she really wants to do that now because she likes this life. And like she they made a point in love. Yeah, she basically <laughs> fell in love and with Tick and. I mean, like her whole story, like you feel bad for her at first because you I mean you don't really know what's going on. She's trying to date. She's this really cute girl. And like people are even the ones that she looks like she makes a connection with are like, oh, you're cool. But nah, next, you know, like that was so harsh. But then you find out she's actually a demon that kills people. No. And, and like, oh. At the beginning of that episode, and I don't know if I was just reading it wrong, but were they trying to make like the fact that they were hiding the fact that she's a fox demon, were they trying to play it up as she was uh, a lesbian, that she was homosexual? Like, did you get that vibe? Like, that was her secret? That was she was trying to keep and she kept making eyes at that other lady? I felt like she definitely had a thing with her. I think the the other nurse lady uh, was interpreting her awkwardness as that she was a closeted homosexual. But it it was the, the real secret was that she was a demon. It just was kind of like a, humans interact with each other. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of a misunderstanding. She was like, "Oh, I get it. I'm different too," you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but no, like they were talking about two completely different things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like so, sometimes um, I have to look at the way that relationships work in different shows and things like that. Books, I- I- any any pop culture thing through the same lens that I've, that I've seen applied to like shonen series, like uh, dragon ball and Naruto and stuff where 
sometimes there's a thing where it's like, oh, we're kind of playing coy with like, are these two characters like actually into each other? Oh, but then like, that's like a boy boy thing. But sometimes they're the romance in a series is written so poorly that the only way that you see a compelling um, interaction with other people is misplaced because of how poorly romance is written in other things in the series. <laughs> and I think that might've been part of what this was for me. Cause I didn't feel a lot of romance early on. No, I mean, even the, the big romantic couple of Letty and tick isn't really all that romantic. It's, yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah, uh, he, he really is. <laughs> he's he's. A, I don't know if I want to say that he's a, a opportunistic liar or if he's just a guy, because he totally lied to uh, to Gia that he was. I think he said he was a virgin when they were like first going out on dates. Oh, he's never had sex or something. But then when she's like sucking his soul and looking into his past and future. Uh, he sees a lot of stuff that contradicts a lot of things he said to her, including that he's never been with the woman. Hmm. Was that a thing from the past? I believe so. I think he was. I think she was seeing everything leading up to him being deployed, and then uh, they only show brief glimpses of what the future was. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do kind of wish I had gone back to the series and looked at those individual bits. Because in in those those moments that we see from like Gia's like tentacle vision, um, like uh, we see the part where Tick trained D with the I forget the name of the thing, the oh, monster. Yeah, the werewolf vampire monster blob thing. <laughs> cool name. They have a cool name. I forget it. Blinky. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Blinky's okay. Yeah, Blinky. <laughs> I think they call them they call them show goths at the beginning. That's the one. Yeah, they're show goths. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like those we see him train her with that. So Isn't some it? of the most interesting stuff. Yeah, there's a part where um before she would have like used it later, uh-huh. um, we see a part where he had trained her with that, and that's why she had it later. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing that at the end, and 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 think I I was thinking that was a very cool like first the the him putting his hand on it very much reminded me of how to train your dragon, <laughs> <laughs> but then like him passing on the power so to speak onto uh, D uh, in the last episode so that she had a guardian, it, it reminded me of um, I mean I know it's terrible that things remind me of other things, but it reminded me of Runaways. Uh, I don't know if. if and either of you have ever read that comic book or not, but it's very oh, much. I was thinking the Joan Jett movie. Oh, no, not, <laughs> not, that, not that one. But yeah, it's the arsenic and old lace, you know, passing on a telepathic uh, bond to, um, or a psychic bond to uh, Princess Power. You know, Such the revelation. <laughs> what was that? I had, an, I had an interesting revelation in this show in that. I felt an intense amount of dread anytime there were quote unquote white characters in a position of authority. And I felt an incredible amount of relief whenever the supernatural monsters appeared. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, that's supposed to be the opposite of how it works. You're supposed to be afraid of monsters and like <laughs> hope the police are there. But no, in this case, the roles are kind of reversed, and I like how this portrayed that because, like, yeah, this is exactly how it is in real life. Except that, you know, all through the nineteenth uh, and twentieth century, 
you haven't had the monsters to step in at the right time to save people from the oppressors. And that's like the, the, the only unfortunate part of all of this is that monsters aren't real to really do these things. <laughs> yeah, I, the part at the end of this whole thing where D's like, or um, uh, Letty, I think it's Letty, says the whole thing, like, why people can't use magic now. And it's like, fuck yeah! Yeah! <laughs> that, was, yeah that was quite the... Like, what the, the whole... When they first reveal the thing with the cop... And he has like, uh, you know, the black body parts. I honestly had no idea what was going on there. Like I, they, they do the reveal, and I was like, oh, is he doing the transformation like like Ruby's been doing? Is he actually a black guy that's parading around as a white cop? But then later on in the C- C- series, he probably uh, explained it. it. It's part of explained with that doctor that was doing the experiments but like later on when they you know it's like oh he's just replacing parts that get damaged because he can actually live for everybody needs good parts or whatever and it's just like oh that makes more sense well, it was it was his arm in the the whole national treasure episode right yes you're right Ooh. like i believe they they mentioned it like they even called it out like oh i heard he lost an arm <laughs> It's a very, very strong vibes of the, the whole get out uh, mentality or story oh, type. Yeah. Now, also, I, I got a really strong feel of like Jordan Peele, didn't intend to that to rhyme, um, <laughs> with uh, when Dee got cursed and she had those two uh, like children after her. Yeah, she had the, like, the name of that, them. Yeah, that was such a striking image of like having these characters, the way they look, what they represent coming after her like that that was like that was genuinely creepy you know like for a show that's hard to take kind of seriously even though it's dealing with some interesting subject matter that was legitimately just like giving me goosebumps and at the end of that episode i stopped the credits i was like like at every single like different card that they had with the names i was like okay where's jordan peele's name where's jordan peele's name obviously his 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 name is on here because his production company i believe monkey pop productions oh yeah um and then he also he's an executive producer Mm -hmm. but past that he had no heavier involvement in that episode and that shocked me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that felt like it has his fingerprints all over it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the fact that, like, if it wasn't for Tick's father, like, holding down D at that point, I mean, obviously those things were going to catch her eventually, but, like, he holds her down because he doesn't see that she's being attacked and, like, it tears up her arms and stuff like that. It was, that was, that was, like, <laughs> I'm a kid watching Freddy Krueger stuff like scary. Like it was, it was bad. <laughs> and her arm never looked great. Like, no, well, it, it looked great, but like the visuals looked great, but yeah. Oh boy, was that nasty. They, they did a great job on this again. Like we just watched a show for the geeks watch. That was trash. Awful. <laughs> with, with probably, it probably had similar budgeting in some way, shape or form. I'm going to say it had less like HBO, I think, has more money than what Amazon is pumping into their their um, original programming. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's probably some disparity here, but they just it can't be that crazy different. I, I just 
oh, that show was disgusting visually. I can't. I I don't believe that people who are real professionals. I can't believe they put their name on that fucking show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe all, the, all that money they had to spend to buy the Lord of the Rings stuff, like that. Maybe that's where all Amazon's money went. So. I mean, if, don't give them excuses. They're gonna you're you're giving them ideas on how to excuse this bad show they made. This is true, but I mean, look at the boys. It really isn't all that great, like visually, if you actually think about it. So I watched the boys past the first episode of the first season. That's fair. End of I, the season. End of season one of of uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, Tick dies. We're both, we're all, I, I think we're all in agreement that he's definitely, we're definitely going to see him in the second season, but is it, is it all just flashes? Is it just cameos? Is it, or is he coming back to life? There's too much resurrection imagery for him not to. Yeah, there's going to be some kind of resurrection going on. Okay. Any, any other thoughts about the season finale, but where, where we're left off at? I mean, I, oh, good. Huh? Uh, I was going to say, like, I feel really bad that they killed uh, Christina because, you know, even though she was technically evil, I kind of liked her character. And one of the other things that they talk about in here is that, I mean, there's different types of oppression. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. one of the most overt is that against, you know, the African-Americans. But it also goes into, you know, yeah, well, in the white world, you still have oppression against women. You know, women are still considered, you know, in this time frame, at least, and still so on. Um, you know, because of her gender, she is being denied all these other things that are essentially the birthright to anyone else if they happen to have a penis. And it's like, where's the logic in that? What's the rationale? And it's just, you know, commentary on the patriarchy as well. You know, all types of oppression are basically bad, uh, but you have levels. You have different, you know, when um, when Ruby becomes white, uh, you know, she gets to experience the world in a whole different way. Um and she realizes she has much more freedom, but she's still being held back by the fact that she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> Christina makes the point by, you know, whereas Ruby turns into a white woman uh, with that potion, uh, Christina turns into a white man. Because <laughs> you're still always trying to go up that ladder to get to, uh, you know, I guess the uh, the ascension. Mm-hmm. And... I just thought that was an interesting point that they made that it's just it's, it's a constant upward struggle against someone always keeping someone else down. And not just a white man, but her brother. Mm-hmm. Which is I thought it was her lover, but yeah, it does make sense. They look very similar. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be her brother. The she thing that... a... oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I, I don't know why they tried to do the other thing with the, the two-spirited character and use them in the way they did because... Like you said, John, they're actively showing an, a person who's being oppressed being an oppressor in turn. Right. In with Christina's character throughout the entire season. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of uh, ideas that possibly could be a bit too obtuse to really condense here. Um, this is definitely a show worthy of a rewatch, I think, knowing what you know happens. Um and uh, just kind of, I don't know, relive some of those fuck yeah moments like Blinky popping out of the ground, you know, at the nick of time 
or some of those oh shit moments like Ruby taking out, you know, her entire culture's repression on her boss with a high heel. Oh, <laughs> that's that's something. Or what? just to see Jamie Chung burying it all. I mean, that was a nice treat. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Um, did you guys feel like there was an actual redemption for Tick's dad in here? Not that he'll be forgiven for anything, but did you guys come away with uh, any kind of like positive feelings for him? Well, like I, I don't really know. I don't at at the end, but mm-hmm. I, I one thing is that I did like about the character i guess is the way of putting it is that you can see you know all the the repression that he has for himself and the fact that he's homosexual and how it manifests throughout the whole show i mean even to the point where we're first introduced to him like you know it's he's not out but he is he's i don't know like he's not he's not with a woman like he's not with tick's mom anymore like it, it it you can, and then they show you throughout the the history of like where it is that his oppre- his repression has like manifested in violence or uh you know being a terrible father or you know whatever and it's just mm-hmm. not an excuse for why he's a bad person but an explanation yeah i i can't imagine still having hit all of these points in one series uh, one of the main criticisms i think you were trying to get i think mitch you were trying to get to a wrap up here but um one of the main criticisms that uh that i talked about with you earlier was that a lot of think pieces about the series are just like they're doing too much here and there it continues its trend of doing too much in one episode i never thought they were doing too much Me neither. like i would want them to get more episodes to do more things with but in no way, shape, or form would I ask them to slow down. And how are you going to do a second season? Like, we're, <laughs> we're <laughs> out there to, have to throw into the, the kitchen sink. Like, <laughs> we got to have more multiverses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, they got yeah, to go, go to a world where the, the son of Adams were all Africans and, you know, the white people are now slaves and all that. Uh, you I think go that second part, I think we're getting a good portion of that in the second season. Yeah. Putting that out there. And then now, we got to. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, at the end of the season says, uh, you know, white people don't have magic anymore. Now, mm-hmm. is is that like, was that only black people are going to have magic or is it only white people will not have magic? Like as the a second one. Jamie Chung, like you know, all the Koreans, they have their demon and 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 stuff like that. Are they still gonna have their magic? No, white people don't get magic. Listen, we fucked up. White people <laughs> in general, growing up as a white kid, everyone else had cool fucking stories. Like 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 everyone's culture has cool stories. White people in America, we didn't we don't have anything that's our own, and that's not a bad thing. That's because we stopped treasuring our own past. And I think that's what should be on display here. We just kept taking other people's shit and, and abandoned anything that was interesting from our past. Because <laughs> Christianity. There it is. <laughs> that's definitely it. <laughs> that's the only kind of magic that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right.
right. I don't know. Did you have more? Did anybody else have more? Is it okay to wrap up? All right. So I think, as it seems like everybody else, that this this is a great show. If you hadn't watched it and you listened to this whole thing, I mean, you definitely got spoiled, but you should you should definitely uh, uh, go and watch the show again because we're sound like we're going to go watch it again at some point. Um, I, I want to hear what you think is going to happen in the second season. So reach out to me. Find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia. G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, John, where can people find you online? I am uh, at Magic Bollocks. If you want to have some uh, wild skin changing activities, let me know. I mean, she, I mean, Christina says that she has to keep her brother alive so that she can keep changing into him, right? Like she has to keep getting fresh material from him. Yeah, they're like in comas or something. Does that, <laughs> does that mean that the woman that Ruby was turning into is in a coma somewhere? They were yeah, both right there together. Yeah. Oh, did we see her? I must yeah. have that part. I had to, I had to admit, like. Not the season finale, but like a few of the episodes I had to watch on my phone, and I hate watching shit on my phone. <laughs> that I'm really into because one, I it's you know it's it's too dark and you can't see things, and another, it's a small screen. I want to watch it on my big screen. Anyways, Stephen, where can people find you online? Uh, come f- come check out my website, uh, peppermintgentleman.com. Um, you can find my social media on there, but more importantly, you should go to Geek Elite Media. Or I'm I'm sorry. Damn it. I ruined it. Patreon.com slash geek elite media to help us continue to make the things that we make here. Um, a lot of the things that we do, they're not necessarily, they're, they're not necessarily cheap to maintain. Uh, and we would appreciate any help that you can provide with those things, whether it's a dollar, $5 or just an encouraging tweet. Let us know you like what we're doing and you, you can help monetarily over there. That's right. And if, dudes. if even if you can't, spare the money which is fine you know uh, everybody's got going through the things they need to go through if you can mention us in a tweet talk to us uh you know rate and review our podcast and whatever podcatcher you use it all helps it helps to get awareness and more people uh find out about us so uh it's at geek elite media on twitter at geek elite media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek elite media is our facebook page check out our website geek elite media.com for archived episodes of all of our podcasts on <laughs> geek elite media network and until next time this is overtime on the geek elite media network saying always remember to geek out geek out geek out This concludes our broadcast.